welcome to Pals Talks Literacy, a podcast created for Project Adult Literacy Society. In this podcast, we talk about literacy in all of its forms and the impact it has on people's lives. Today, we're talking to Bonnie, the Literacy Program Coordinator here at Pals. My name is Bonnie Karen, and um, I am the Literacy Coordinator at Pals. I've been here for 15 years. And in 15 years, I'm sure you've seen many, many things. So I'm sure we'll get into all of that in just a minute. But how did you end up at Pals? What did you do to get here? I was a teacher for 28 years. I have a bachelor's degree in education and a two-year certificate in remedial reading and math. Like I I graduated back in the 70s. It would be now considered a master's, but it's not. That was my background background. So I spent 28 years doing half classes for the principal and, and, and remedial work with the kids in the afternoon. I also have some courses in libraries. So I do did, you know, I'd often do two, four hours in the library, that sort of thing. I taught every grade, literally from kindergarten up to grade nine, but I, I, I didn't really want to work with the high school kids. I can't even say which was my favorite grade. I like them all. But I got arthritis when I turned 50 and I couldn't chase kids anymore. And uh, I, I decided to take an early retirement. And then, oh my goodness, I was bored out of my gourd. And, you know, my husband was telling me I couldn't talk to children on the street anymore because I'd get arrested. <laughs> So one of my friends who was teaching at the same school as I was prior to getting full-time work had volunteered at PALS. So I came into PALS and the volunteer coordinator did an interview and took all my materials and whatever. And then apparently she talked to Shirley because Shirley stopped me in the foyer and asked me to come back on Friday with a, um, a resume. And I thought, boy, these people are demanding, you know, we're only asking for two hours a week and I'm supposed to bring a resume. But I came back on Friday with a resume and started teaching. I actually started as a math coordinator here at PALS on on Monday the next week. On Monday the following week. Yeah, I I didn't even have, I would would have given it, what's 48 plus 24? I'm not a math person. Funny, they gave me the math job, but there you go. You know, three days later I was I was working here half time but six months later full time so you had remedial reading and remedial math and so you started with the math program and And within within a year the math lady that had started actually exactly the same day as I did um she she went and took took a job in La Crete in Northern Alberta. And I, I was standing literally the minute she told me I was standing in, in the boss's office saying, me, I'm a reading teacher. That's what I do. I want that job. And she never even thought twice about it. She just gave it to me. And then we hired some, some of the people that have been just amazing math coordinators here. So you were math coordinator part-time for about a year. And the literacy- Part-time for six, six months. And then it had grown from nine students to 30 students and I was full-time and then that six months later the literacy I actually trained one of my um, tutors to be math coordinator and he was the next math court I was the first math coordinator up until then it had been sort of an ad hoc program oh 
very cool. Yeah, yeah well, so you know, you had both things though, like you were both trained in both literacy and math. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, if yeah. you're a remedial teacher, they're not going to hire one for reading and and one for math, you know, you kind of have to know your stuff. And I I'd always struggled with math. So being a remedial math teacher was like just my job because um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I knew exactly what were the sticking blocks with you doing math. And I also am unfortunately, or unfortunately, I like it myself, but I'm, I'm absolutely fear. No, I have no shame. I will do whatever I have to do, be as silly as I need to, to teach people. So, you know, um, when I was teaching them that you in fractions, what you do to the bottom, you have to do to the top. I'd plop my hands on my head or plop my hands on my butt and wiggle my butt and say what you do to the bottom, you do to the top. And the kids would all laugh, but they never forget, which is what was really important. Well, and that's key. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit about what the literacy program is? Like, who does that target and what do you teach them? Well, we have a lot of different groups of people that I focus on. PALS basically works with adult learners who have got low level literacy, which basically means they are reading or writing below the grade five level. Like that's that's who we focus on. But we also have a program for people who are at the six, seven, eight level who are thinking of getting into GED or doing upgrading. And some of the uh, colleges and uh, even the un the Rat McEwen will accept somebody who can pass their adult exam. And if they do my basic low level literacy, they come out with a seven, eight grading, you know, ability to read at a, read and write at a grade seven or eight level, and they can usually pass that exam. So they can get into things like caseworker class lessons, care aids, that sort of stuff. There's a lot of different courses you can take if you can pass that adult exam. Um, so, but what I do is I work with adult learners who for some reason did not learn how to read when they were in our education, the Canadian education system. I do have a minor program where I work with English language learners who are very well spoken, but their reading and writing skills are not sufficient to be able to get a good job. Um, right. But they're well enough spoken that they can go literally into the same books and the same programs that I have for my Eng English Canadian students. We also have a program like I, I coordinate with the math group and we do a pre-apprenticeship program. So I have a, uh, a pre-apprenticeship book. They, they work on their basic skills in my material plus for an hour in their lesson because they do a two-hour lesson a week uh, with their tutor, one-to-one. -one. And uh, so they'll work for an hour in my booklets just to make sure they're improving their reading skills and their writing skills. But they'll also go through the apprenticeship book and make sure they have the vocabulary and all the rest of the stuff. Most people are usually also taking math over in the math unit. So they'll be doing the math and science section with the math, but they do the, the reading and writing with me. And so um, in the pre-apprenticeship um, pre program, that's for people going into trades or into, would they be going to NATE then generally? Well, what they have to do is pass an apprenticeship entrance exam. And that's what we focus on is getting them up to that point. Um, we put 30 to 40 
to 50 people like COVID has completely smashed things lately. But initially, you know, pre-COVID, we were doing 40 to 50 people through that exam every year. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and it's definitely a joint um, effort on the part of the programs here at PALS. Um, so we have the apprenticeship program. We have an ELL program for people who speak very good English. Most of those people have been here for at least three to five years. Some of them have been here for 15 or 20. That's, that's the point is that, you know, it, it really works out that if you can't read or write, you're going to get stuck doing some sort of menial labor job. And having that reading, those reading and writing skills just up your capacity and your potential for doing so much more in the Canadian culture. Um, so just have, to step back ahead. for a second, most of the people in your program, like are basically 99% are Canadian born, went to school in Canada, but for some reason are reading generally below the grade five level. Is that correct? Yep, generally. Okay. I would say I have about 10% of my people, 15% of my people are at a grade one, two level, believe it or not. Wow. I have 30% um, of my people are grade three, four, and I have 30% of my people who are at a grade five, six, and five, six, seven. They're at that just about ready to do totally the same thing as everybody else does but they need to improve their vocabulary they need to improve some of their word skills like how to how to use syllables to break down a word they don't know how to use prefixes and suffixes and the thing people don't get is that our basic skills for reading are taught from grade one to grade five and if anything happens to a kid that is seriously traumatic in those grade levels, unless there is somebody literally standing there to catch them as they fall, they're not going to learn to read or write. 30% of our kids drop out of school between grade 10 and nine and 10. And people just sort of go, well, yeah, well, you know, sex, walk and roll. No, 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 no. It's somebody who had a really bad experience when they were younger. And then they've had to deal with being humiliated and embarrassed, picked on by the other kids. You have to look at our school system. The average classroom is still 30 kids. And it's one person trying to deal with 30 kids. And one third of those kids in that class have problems. What do we do with kids that are having trouble? Especially when you realize with children who are struggling, they lose their trust. They lose their capacity to even try. And so basically what ends up happening is they go through school, they hate school, they end up teenagers dropping out of school. And then they, they, the thing about them, which just blows me away, the people that come in here, they have memories like an elephant. I've had people come in who were working in warehouses. They could not read what it was, but they've got a thousand numbers on the shelves. And if I was to ask them what's number 95, they'd tell me oh, that's some kind of engine. And they'd tell me exactly what kind of engine it was. Just phenomenal memories. And that's how they cope. So they've developed some coping skills to be able to oh, mask, maybe. Mask the thing. Read and, and being then... a low-level low level reader in Canada is, is it's like a total hidden disability. And they will do anything 
not to have anybody know this. You know, the hardest thing people do coming to PALS learning is peanuts. But getting up the stairs and getting through the door and sitting in my chair and having to admit they can't read. Every time I get somebody in my office, I am so impressed with them. They don't even have to do anything, say anything, be anything, walk through the door. I'm impressed because it's that hard. But everything we learned is in that grade one to five. Now, if you have a medical issue, uh, I've had people come in with leukemia, people come in with cancer. I had one guy who fell off the back of his dad's tractor into the discs and spent from grade one till grade five, having seven different surgeries, had to have his arm rebuilt. And then he went back to school in grade six and the kids treated him like he was absolutely worthless. By the time he's in the summer between seven and eight, he went to work in a feedlot. And he seriously believed he was stupid. I mean, like, how could anybody let a kid like that believe they're stupid? I mean, he had a terrible, terrible accident. So he came to me when he was in his 40s. He learned how to read. He says, it's so nice to be able to look at the books and read the information and not just look at the pictures. And wow. I just happened to know of a place in Creston, BC, where you can go and learn how to be a log cabin builder. And he's done that. And not only done that, he's now one of the supervisors for the company. Wow. So, I mean, and this is a guy who just, just was lost. And it's, 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 it's very difficult to see the effect it has on people's lives. Children who've had cancer, children who've had other diseases. Um, if you go through an ugly divorce as a child, People move you around, you go live with your grandma, you go live with your auntie, then you go back to your mom, then you go to your dad. All that change, you know, like they tell you, don't move your kids when they're in school and yet this will just destroy their capacity to read. Um, I personally believe that's why I can't do math <laughs> because I remember we were in the beginning of division uh, of multiplication when I was in grade four and we moved somewhere in grade five and they were already finished it. So I never got any multiplication work. And I mean, that's a core skill, boy. I mean, it is. We don't recognize as a society that low-level literacy is very rarely the student's fault. But eventually, if they can get to an adult program and they're desperate enough, man, do they learn fast. Kids, they're like Teflon. You know, when I was teaching children, I would throw information, like, how many times did we do the times table? A thousand, fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred times in a year, and it would still just slide off their brains. <laughs> but adults have brain paths. They've learned how to drive. They can they can fix cars. They can they can cook dinners for seventy people. You know they have learning paths. So most adults, depending on what level they're at, like if they come in at zero, I can have them reading at an independent level in three years. If they come at an intermediate level, it'll be maybe two years. They come in at advanced level, 18 months, and they're ready to write an exam. So it just makes a huge difference having it. And the thing that I love 
absolutely love about being here is that you get them three, four months into it and they start to understand that they can learn. Yeah. At that point, there's just this like shooting star system that happens and they just, I, I have 45 year old adults coming to the door and standing there holding a book, shaking and saying, I, I can read this. I, I read a whole book and they, they I say come in sit down read me something and they open it up and I mean it can be something as simple as as Tom Sawyer or something as complex as they finished their first Harry Potter book wow and and they're they're literally in tears and they say I just can't believe this would happen and I look at them and say I told you I told you you could do this <sighs> This is such a great job. I just love what I do. Like magic. It is. It's just magic. And um, I, uh, I I don't know. Uh, I guess if I ever have to retire, because I'm getting a little long in the tooth here. Um, if I ever have to retire, I'll just volunteer for it. Well, I mean, of course. So if a person wanted to help me be a tutor, and work with these people it's very very simple system all they have to do is go on the website we have palsedmonton.ca they go on the website and fill out an application they would come to about a one-hour orientation to find out about pals and if they really want to be here and then i would do my first training teaches them how to teach somebody to read we look at the stuff like we all remember syllables, but remembering how to do syllables is not easy. So I teach them the basics of how to teach. And we look at all the books and we took it, we talk about the skills for every level. And then they go away and they think about what level they think they'd like to teach. And then they come back, they come back, I send them a questionnaire, they send it back to me. And then I start hunting for a student. It takes about four to six weeks for me to find you a student. And then once we've got the student, you come in and we sit down with their books and talk about what is the focus at that level. And then they call the student and start teaching. And we provide the materials, we provide the books, and I provide the support. We've been here for 40 years now, and it's one-to-one, -one, and there's a complete curriculum. It's just, please come. Don't hesitate. We'll be so happy to see you. We're always happy to see you. This is such a pleasant office. It really is. I mean, it like really that. is. Everybody's happy. Everybody's cheerful. We all chatter. Would you like to share some of your highlights from working at PALS? I got a phone call three years ago from somebody from a, a seniors program. And she wanted to refer two people to me. And I'm talking away to her. And I look at her name and it's Nisha. And I'm thinking, I know this voice. And finally, I said, I'm sorry, Nisha, do I know you? And she started laughing and she said, oh, Mrs. Karen, I love that, Mrs. Karen. She says, oh, Mrs. Karen, I was in your class eight years ago, in your classes eight years ago. And she said, and then I, when I finished, I went and took that social work course at course at, at Grant McEwen and now I work here you know it's so she had gone through our program at PALS and then now was referring people back which I just was so proud of you wow. know? it was really cool um but I mean 
you have to realize I've, I've, I've had 1200 students this the number of stories I could just sit here for hours <laughs> you know I, I've had people who I have I had a fellow who was a uh, a glacier and he worked in a company making windows but he never got more than 20 bucks an hour because he didn't read well and so he ended up opening his own glacier company when he finished what with us oh. you know and 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 he does because because he does curved windows you know and and that's he okay. and that's apparently a pretty cool skill but when he finished and passed his uh entrance exam he went from 19 dollars an hour to 28 dollars an hour it's a huge difference huge difference yeah. that's one of the biggest things that happens here basically if you go Every level of reading that you go up is a 10 to 15% increase in your capacity for learning and earning money. For earning money. You know, so if you're at a grade one, two, you're like, like you're down way down there. If you're getting grade three, four, you can get more than minimum wage. If you're a grade five, six, you can get way more than minimum wage. It's just really quite phenomenal how, how much impact it has in your life. Those stories, um, oh, we just had a new guy. We just had this one guy this, this month that I got information about, and he was a detailer on a car like did all the painting on the outside and again he was working and he couldn't read very well like he was I, I think he started at a grade three level with me and we got him through the math through the reading he passed his entrance exam and he went from 19 dollars an hour to 32 wow. yeah but not just that he's so proud of himself you know, he well, went yeah. to school all those years being told you'll never make anything of yourself. You know, you'll never do anything with your life. And he passed that exam. He's pretty proud. Now, if you look at like Edmonton area is 1.4 million, but in Edmonton itself, I was looking at it a couple of months ago and it says there's 960,000 people in the Edmonton core. Okay. That's 300,000 people that are not reading above the grade five level, that are struggling with their literacy. We just barely touched the, tip, the top of that. If anybody's listening to this that needs help, I'm waiting for you to show up. If anybody's listening to this who wants to help, I'm waiting for you to show up too. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, talk to you later. This podcast was recorded on Treaty 6 territory. We respect the First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and all First Peoples of Canada, whose presence continues to enrich our community.